This is Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, you know, kind of the w- way that we've been w- walking through a child's life, we started out with the the baby years and that that fear that someone was stupid enough to let me take this child home. <laughs> From that, we went to the toddler years where they will put everything in their mouth and they will they will completely destroy your home. And I don't know why we call it baby-proofing. It's really toddler-proofing because babies don't do anything. They just lay there and poop and coo, um, scream. And so uh, you've got the baby years, the toddler years. We talked about the golden years, as Donna called it, which are the, the, the childhood years when there's wonder and awe. And then we moved from that to um, the, I, I guess, we go from golden to black. The dark, the dark <laughs> ages. The dark <laughs> ages. And so you, you put your child in a box at about age 12, and you take them out after, after graduation, and that's where we find ourselves today. The, the last of the parenting series, we are in the post-high school years. And so we're calling it post-high school because in some cases, uh, at the end of, of high school, some kids go to the military, some go, it's not just college years. Yeah, I mean, you can go, so you work a trade, you can start, you can, you may go straight to full-time working and you're doing your own thing, you might you kind of be that. You can flounder around you, you, among all of these yeah. things. You can, you can <laughs> live in your parents' basement. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, a, it's, a very, it's, a, it's a very subjective time in the life of both kids and parents. Let's call it an adventure time. <laughs> adventure, adventure time. No. The quest. Okay. We'll call this yes. the quest. Okay, so uh, my guests today are Donna Huff, our children's minister. But Donna, you have a child that's stepped into this arena. Oh, yes. You're, you're oldest is now in this area. We have um, our uh, youth pastor, Matt Aldridge, who has lived this recently. And uh, our special guest today is Emily Harrison, who is my uh, oldest daughter, and she is living it Living the dream now. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Aren't you like 35, 36? Something. I'm something. just a, yeah. on some, just that's, a bum. That's, that really sums <laughs> yeah. it all up because it's like, yeah, some days I am. And sometimes some I'm like 14. I have yeah. no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> like, and that's, that's all, we can end it now because that's ultimately the whole realization really of all of this. It's like there's some days I'm 40 and there's some days I'm like 14 and I have no idea what to do. <laughs> so, but okay, quick question for those who are listening. Do you feel it's inappropriate if I ask you how old you are so they can know where your perspectives are coming from? I don't care. Go yeah, ahead. I'm, I'm, I turned tw- I turned 24 this past August. And Emily, and I turned 23 like 10 minutes ago, like two weeks ago. <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, I'm 50, and <laughs> I still sometimes feel like I'm 14. <laughs> so I'm not sure that feeling ever goes away. Uh, I will. So I've literally recently been in a room and thought somebody needs an adult in here. <laughs> well, that's that's good. It never goes I, away. And I mean, can I just say, in our adult years, that sometimes you feel like you're 65. Yes. And sometimes you still feel like you're 14. You know. So. <laughs> well, usually you feel like you're 65 the day after you acted like you were 14. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You that's go good. to get out of the bed and you're like. Where did that come from? Why am I aching from just sleeping that way? I had that recently. Yes. yes. So uh, we're just gonna let's let's start. Let's do this the same way that we've done all of them. I've kind of had the same outline. Uh, where first we'll go through the good, the bad, and the ugly. So the good is there's full on independence here. This 
in theory, this, <laughs> your child here sort of should yeah. be able to take care of themselves. They they you know can buy their own car. They've got their own insurance. Those sorts of things. At, at the very least, they're moving in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. And so that the and I will say this is one of my favorite things about this time. The I need five dollars. I need ten dollars. Hey, the teacher said that I have to have twenty dollars. Can you sign this piece of paper? And I need ten dollars. I'm going to the thing that happens every day from six uh, first grade all the way to the that special <laughs> snack day. <laughs> they're, Class selling, they're, they're selling popsicles. Yeah. Yes. We gotta, hey, Mom, can you make some sausage balls? I need them in the morning. Yes. <laughs> I was that kid. I was so no. that kid. I have to have a mock-up of the full universe by my 8 o'clock class in the morning. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, and it's tomorrow's cowboy day. You gotta have <laughs> Yeah, but now, theoretically, because you also have the kids who go to college, so there's still, you know, they're the ones with the debit card now calling home and saying, can you transfer money into my account? Oh, we have for... a sibling that doesn't live at home that does that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I can't make rent. I don't oh. know what happened. I don't know no. what happened. Emily, nope. Nope, we're not right. going to. <laughs> I feel like that's going to open a whole can of worms that we don't want. I didn't name any names. So we're saying the, on the good side, there's we're starting to see independence. We're starting to see financial independence. Uh, we're starting to see uh, decision making where uh, you can can fulfill your role as more as an advisor than okay this is what you're gonna do um, so so that's that's a, one of the goods what's something else that's good that's going on there well recently Noah um, my oldest child who is 21 um, he is going to be a firefighter so he's working through all of that right now as it's happening we got in the mail we got um, an insurance card for him and I know it's crazy but that was the strangest thing as an a parent of a young adult when he's like I mean because this is some real adulting stuff that's going yeah. on there yeah when he got that and I'm looking at his mail and I'm like you have your own insurance card and as you know as a mom that was like wow I've just moved into like an old category you so know? do you still keep a copy of the card with you just in case no no I'm, no I, I tend more towards the parenting of it's yours big and you know my mom today wants a copy of her insurance card <laughs> 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 no, I, I I trend towards like it's yours now, big guy. Now his paperwork and stuff. I assume he's living at home. We've give him a box to put like you know important paperwork sure. in, just like we would have that sort of thing. Um, he wanted to move out for a very long time, and then now he's realized as all of his buddies have tried to pay bills and do all of that kind of stuff, he's kind of like he's backed off of that a little bit. He's yeah. like, I think I'm going to save up a little bit before I go out. Yeah, the realization that all that stuff in the house actually you have to buy it, like yeah. that there's nobody that just delivers dishwasher tabs, and you've got to go to the store and buy those. <laughs> or well, just water in and of itself yes. that comes out of your faucet. Somebody's paying for it, you know. Yeah. I think something like uh, you see uh, as a as the as the post-college you start to see like adult things develop in your life and so like what i mean by that is like your jobs and stuff like that career path starts to refine itself and open up and things like that whether it be you're again like you're going you're going to college and you start an internship or you start shadowing or you start getting opportunities or stuff like that and that that kind of starts to work itself up or even if you're in a trade school or a trade program and you're doing a trade and as that grows like you start to see those kind of things start to happen and i think that's pretty cool because again it's one of those other steps 
step. So you're moving from I'm not I'm a kid to I'm adult, and it's just I think I think that is a really, really cool thing of like for me starting in. Okay, so when I first started student ministry, I was interning and just showing up and being 17 and 18 and goofy. And, you know, just at some point, like, I guess if you're a student ministry intern, you just carry stuff. Like, I feel like that was I, at some point, I, feel like I just carry all <laughs> the stuff. The chairs, yeah, you, you? Moving. Just, you did so much chair moving and, uh, I will and say, picking up with the pizzas and stuff like that. As a pastor, one of the great skill sets that's really not taught in seminary is how to fold tables and chairs and stack them. <laughs> and trucks. Hand, hand trucks. trucks. <laughs> but I think that, that part's really cool. And so going from like that 17, 18 of me starting to intern, like out of high school with a student pastor. And then after about a year or so, I did, you know, bivocational student ministry while still doing a college and still working another job. And then all those things sort of transpired to where I'm at now, where it's okay, I'm doing full-time ministry. Like this is my job. And, and, and you can, for me again, it's full-time ministry. And then like for Emily, it was okay, working at, you know, a restaurant and then your jobs and stuff opening up. And I know that you talked before about the networking stuff that happens there. And just, it's just cool to develop, to see and develop how just over four or five years span, what's going to be in that moment, your future and your career potentially opens up. And that really starts to develop and happen in those post high school years. Okay. So what about the college part for you? Cause as you're talking about all these things, what's going back through my mind is I remember when I went to college, how much I loved it. Like I loved college. Yeah. I did not mind continuing my education. I went on when they gave me the freedom that I was able to come and go from class at my own discretion. They're like, you have this many absences, mm -hmm. do with them what you will. And some aren't like, even that structured. Oh, Let yeah. me just tell you, some aren't even yeah. that structured. You know, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> Why didn't they let us do this in like high it was, school? It was, you know? Hey, here's all the work due by the semester. Yeah. This is the day it's due by. If you have any questions, let me know. And it, it turned turn, turn, yeah. turn yeah. in by yeah. this the, day. The and I was like, all right, shoot, yeah. Was a bunch of old men. It's like, you know what? This is what you need to do. If you show up and fail, whatever. Not on me. That's on you. Yeah, you they're pay, still getting paid. You pay. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah, still you've getting already paid. paid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. If, you, if you need anything, come see me, whatever. He will email, email you the morning. I'll be like, look, I'm not feeling it. We're not having class. Like, so that freedom was good. I really enjoyed college, too. Um so much more than high school. High school is the worst. I would call that one of the goods for yeah. these right. years, right? And, yeah. I, and I was different. I went. I went to a four-year degree, a four-year university at first, and I didn't adjust well. I, I didn't. It was, and there's a lot of other stuff going on in my life that I think contribute to me not adjusting well. But just the basis of I did not handle the responsibility well. I didn't do great in classes because I took that and said, "All right, I ain't doing <laughs> nothing." <laughs> I am, I am, well, I'm doing a lot, but I ain't doing any schoolwork. <laughs> it was, it was, it, I took that freedom and freedom and it I just swung the opposite side of the pendulum <laughs> where everything for so long was structure and structure and structure and you have a schedule. And then when it's just all thrown into your lap and you got to make sorts of it, it was like, And well, if all you right. don't want to choose the 730 class, you don't have to choose no. the 730 yeah. class. Like, I can, yeah. wait, you I know. can I can Wait, go what? by, I can wake up at 1030 and be done by two. This yeah. is the greatest. This is <laughs> like, insane. Like I remember the, the film class in college that we all showed up in pajamas in all summer oh, long. Because yeah. oh, it was yeah. one of the mini master. I don't think it was May. I think it was one of the summer semesters or mini master in May or whatever. Right. We went to that. We showed up at class and everybody showed up in their pajamas. Like 90% of the class, <laughs> 95, slept through the film because we'd already watched it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, had the easiest test. It was one of those gimme classes. Right. That you you were trying to fill in with but okay and so then there's statistics 
Yeah. Oh my. Oh. Yeah. No, no, no. Find out mathematics is the one I remember. <laughs> Quizlet is the only way anyone passes that now. You just cheat, cheat all the way through. Sorry, mom. Hard, but, hard, <laughs> hardcore freshman yeah. semester okay, one now, biology. Honestly, is a the best idea. way to pass college this is so bad is to make friends with an athlete because they get all the answers. Why do they get all the answers? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I will. See, no, I no, no, no. I, I, I again. I will. Some... I will not say what university. But the first year that I went to that, from? that <laughs> well, it's we, not the I one mean, I graduated <laughs> from. It's not the first one I graduated from. Okay. It's not the one I graduated from. The, the first four-year university I went to, I went, I went as a football player. Like, <laughs> that's why I was going to school. That's why I went there. So remember that first summer and first semester, I remember the whole rumor of football players and athletes don't do anything, that they have it all, like, given to you. is like, okay, surely it's not that it's much. True. I sit, in, that, I sit in, that, in all the little study labs. Yeah, it's true. Really? Boy, I, it's, made, it, I promise you it's true. Well, had this, we're going down a track. I'm, <laughs> <to> so <laughs> I'm telling football you it's true. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so to wrangle this back in, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> quick question for you. So we've talked about the freedom of college, starting your career, independence, insurance, and all that. How about spiritually? Where, where did you find yourself? Now, we're on the good here mm-hmm. with this. Um, I think just the opportunity to, like, work with um, – the high school ministry and to have other spiritual relationships with older people. And it's not like you're a kid anymore. Like I've made good friends with Susie and Beth and um, people that are much older than me, but it's more, you know, not exactly on a peer level, but more of a um, shepherding and a, you're an actual person kind of role. So you feel like a real human being. I feel like a human. Yeah. And they treat me like a human and it's like, Oh, we're going to get lunch. Oh, you're going to help me with this thing. We're going to paint together. We're going to, go show a house together we're gonna like or with Susie we're gonna we're gonna work together and give together you know be it missions or whatever together and it's more of a and not equal but it, it's like again like you're a real human well all of a sudden well, as, a, as, an, as, an, as a young person you now what you say and do has value when before yeah. it's other didn't have value but like now it means something yeah, like now it, opinion I, matters. you feel like you have you feel like your impact yeah. grows you because, can be part of the conversation yeah, yeah. I'm not, yeah I'm you're, no, you're away from the kitty table I was like I'm no yeah. longer at the kitty Thanksgiving table yeah. which for me again at my grandparents and at more houses I've been to it's this little pop-up blue table with the folding blue chairs <laughs> sure, it's sure. everywhere it's, it's just all, yeah. like with that. the vinyl cover yes everybody has it that's the kitty Table everywhere, everywhere. Sermon, so, somebody somewhere has brought that table and used a sermon illustration. I'm gonna write it should, down. We should have filmed around it today. Golly. You know? Well, the vinyl cover though makes sense though because you're gonna make so many messes. The ketchup is everywhere. I yeah. understand. And they're seasonal too. So. But at some point, I don't get ketchup anywhere anymore. But now you're an adult and you're expected to be held responsible. And I guess that's well, a side that comes with it. Things have happened to you to where you can develop what you feel like are well-rounded opinions and and a good kind of perspective on things that are going on. Granted, you know, there's so much more life to live and all that. But I feel like as a human, I can bring more of an opinion and more of a voice. Do and you I feel, feel like more you sufficient. more than you did when you were a teen? Like oh, you're sure. willing to learn more? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I would, I would say so. And I think another part of it spiritually is like, and I think if you're a college student, post, post high school student individual who whose parents were super active in a church, I think as you move off or just step out of of that a little bit, it becomes an opportunity. Now, whether you drop that ball or you continue to carry it, it, for me, as as my parents and dad, like, was always in a church, always served in a church, always, like, that's just always the realm we were in. As As I stepped out of that, like, I got to... 
my, 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 my spiritual life, my spiritual walk then became, well, this is Matt's, not Mike's son kind of thing. And I, like, I think yeah. even in talking with Noah and stuff, like I said, of, of, of continuing where it's, you know, you're no longer, oh, well, that's, that's Donna's son. Did this well, that's, that's Noah who's doing. And, and, and I know it just even may seem like semantics, but it makes, it makes a difference. Again, it brings, it, does, va- yeah. it brings value. And, and I'm not asking you to leave the no. room when, you, when his dad and I are yeah. discussing things. Yeah. Like right. I, I now yeah. have, I, I'm respected and everybody craves respect. Like I'm respected. Uh, I'm starting to establish myself for my, for, for the long run for my family or from what my, my standards will be for my family and whatnot. I'm starting to develop those. And again, like it, it starts to, to, to come to realization that like what I, what I stand for, what matters to me, whether it be political opinions or spiritual, you know, standards that you've set, those have value. And I'm no longer this person's son. I'm my own person. And I think that's, that's a cool, and it's not that I'm disrespecting my parents. Your identity's changed. Exactly. Yeah. I'm no longer that person's son or, or daughter. I'm now Matt or Emily or no, or who I'm now that's who I am I'm not longer just that person's son yeah (laughs) I mean there's some truth there that that in a way this is the only time where you're you have your self-identity because at some point in the future it's going to shift and you're going to be that person's mom you're you're now the mom or the the dad I remember really well the first time that somebody goes oh you're Emily's dad and I'm like Wait, so hold on. <laughs> I only got like six years that I could be myself. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's just one of those psych, like that roller coaster th- way of life is just like you're this person's son, and then and I'm, and then I'm that stay at home mom, and then I'm me, Ooh, and yeah. then now I'm this person's dad. And it's like, wait, and then I'm, well, that's my, that's my granddad. Oh, you're this person's granddad. Like that, that thing just keeps yeah, going it just and keeps it's on just, trucking along. Yeah. And so, but I think it is cool to be able Was to. Was it scary for y'all to start to own your. Um, walk with Christ when you begin to really say all of a sudden I'm Emily or I'm Matt I'm an adult it was there any fear involved in that I, I would I would say yes because I think in developing that for me I think there were some tough realizations and I, I've done a whole at a previous church I served at I did a whole winter retreat based off of this and we called own it because it was we called the weekend own it it was an awesome awesome thing and we looked all throughout scripture in different places of um, and we specifically the big sets we use the rich young ruler of a chance for this rich young person who's starting to grow and starting to develop in their culture Jesus gives an opportunity to say hey follow me and this can be your defining moment. I mean, look at the disciples who were following or whatever. Like, and then Ooh, we look at the tough, we yeah. look at the rest of the disciples' life. That was their that was their identity was in Christ and who they were in Christ and what they were doing. And the rich young ruler said, "No, nah, I'm good. I like my stuff." Mm. And and so we based that whole weekend over that mm. I, of that idea. And once you come out of that, and it starts kind of as a middle schooler, as a high schooler, but really rubber meets the road when you become college freshman and stuff. Of you're presented with new ideas you're exposed to new different things that maybe you were sheltered or just different walks of life and different so friends you, you have around home? no i never really moved away from home but i really wasn't at home a lot if that makes sense oh, like yeah, that's totally always where sense, I, that I wasn't i wasn't <laughs> at home a lot and uh and it, but at that point it was also strange because i kind of my dad started to work night shift mm-hmm. and so when if i wasn't home he was asleep and if i was out or at night or at class or whatever he's or I mean, if I'm at home at night, he's at work, and so it's, no. But it was, it was, it, it kind of, it really there was a disconnect there, 
And so where the fear probably came in for me was figuring out as I'm seeing new things and as I'm being developed or, or things are being taught to me in terms of like, you know, you go to a, if you're a believer and you go to a public university, well, you're going to hear all this explanation of evolution and things like that. And if you're not, and you have such big choices to make. And there's so, and there's so many, I say liberal, I don't mean that liberally as like politically, I say liberal as in not traditionally taught ways of things yeah. and how and like in liberal psychology, things like right. that um, to where you're exposed to that. And sometimes it's the realization of, okay, Hey, you know what? There was more in the world than just what I was taught in Sunday school. And it's just kind of this switch that flips. It's like, okay, there's more to this. And so continuing to root myself in scripture and say, okay, well, this is what the world says. And this is what Jesus says. And how does that match and up? Battle, and, it, it? and it's yeah, tough. Yeah. Cause there's some days where, I listened sometimes. I was like, you know what? This does not sound completely stupid. And, and, and even as, and if that's, I don't know if that's self doubt or whatever, but they, you know, I'm listening to a professor who knows what he's doing, who has done this for you, to say, you know what? This guy's making some good points. I had, well, I had a couple of professors, though, yeah. yeah. It's important to, to wrestle with that, I think, because then it helps you develop. Okay, I was taught this, but why does that make sense for me? Like, because. In college, you are a big part of it is figuring out logic and what you believe and who you are and all that. And that's so important on the spiritual side, too, because there's people that, like, just go to church to go to church. And so in that time, I think it's good to have that philosophy teacher Mm -hmm. or the English teacher or whoever who's, like, pushing you to think things. And you're like, this does make sense if you just think about it from this perspective. If I'm just following this line of thinking, then this is what makes sense. But then you have to dissect that. From every angle for yourself. I, for me, as someone, I feel like um, I lost my train of thought. Well, you have to be willing to be pushed because once you're pushed, you have to start to think, okay, so why do we believe this? Then you also have to be willing to learn because that may mean you turn to a believer like your parents or someone you know that's around you that could Mm -hmm. disciple you through that because you're not the first person to ask the questions. Well, And I've heard you say this before. It's okay to know the enemy's tactics. Like it's okay to, it's okay to know that. It's okay to know what happens. Real truth does not fear examination. Mm -hmm. Right. If it's real, if it's true, then we don't. Uh, in in Islamic theology, they teach that that inspiration trumps logic. Mm-hmm. Christianity never says that. Right. Christianity never asks you to turn your brain off, and so to really engage with uh, a a Christian worldview, you have to know and understand, and not belittle someone else's worldview. Mm-hmm. And and so often in the church, what we do is we've told kids from, you know, children's church all the way through, well, you know, some people are really stupid and they think that we come from monkeys. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this guy's sitting in a college class and this man who is very clearly not stupid, right. who has a PhD and is better educated than the person who told me, well, some stupid people believe this. And is very, very eloquent. He knows how he knows his stuff. Now, all of a sudden, I feel like I've been tricked. Well, and also, if you get into that argument because you're just so full of gusto or whatever, guess what? That guy more than likely is going to make you look like a fool. Yeah. If you try to argue. And, and so I think. You get that socially, too, though. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think it kind of can be summed up as ignorance 
is a dangerous spot in a lot of different things. And so it's not like I want to go, oh, I want to go study Buddhism or whatever. Even though I'm a Christian, but I'm going to study Buddhism. And I'm not like going to teeter the line. But again, it's okay to not be ignorant about the enemy's tactics and about other oh, belief systems that yeah. are out there yeah. and how it lines up against Christianity. It's, it's I mean, there's been, there's been different cultures for different religions or different practices all throughout history. It's okay to know what they are and how those line up against yeah. Christianity because I want to know that I know that I know that I know who Jesus is, what it means and what it says. And not just on that sort of personal, am I saved, am I not saved, which is where we often use that phrase, but also in that, can I compare the truth of God's word against the truth of things that are around me, the the, the sort of existential, you know, Mm -hmm. that search that you're going through and you start to ask those questions. And I think that that's beautiful. I actually think it's fabulous. And I don't mind when a professor pushes someone as long as they are willing to listen to the other side of it. Because a lot of times you push away and rebel, walk out of your home. You're, you know, you see that 19, 20 year old and you're like, I'm going to party. I'm going to do what I want to do. I make my own rules now. I'm God in my own life is what it's boiling down to, you know, but you see that happening and you want people, I, I want people to explore and ask the questions, but I want that to be in an environment where both sides can be listened to. And I think yeah. that's a big, and you may want to speak to this. I think this is a that's a big identity marker of our generation. The yeah. borderline, the borderline uh, Gen X, Gen Z, which is kind of where we fall, is like this mm-hmm. this kind of gap in between uh, of Gen X, Gen Z. Is we don't want to blindly accept anything. Right. Like that's a huge marker well, of it. Is like you want to know wants it to be accepting and know where they stand. I feel like to both you, Dad, and Miss Donna's credit, and Mom. Um, I dealt with that way earlier than this. I, you know, from growing in, up in Turkey and how you and mom always talked with us about these things. And then with Miss Donna in high school, we did that. You remember the apologetics class? And mm-hmm. then um, I faced that way earlier, like middle school, and dealt with all that identity stuff way, way, way earlier. To, for me, it was the social aspect mm-hmm. where people are age. And I worked in a restaurant, and that's rough, like... I don't know. I would be cautious working in a restaurant if you're not a strong person already uh, in your faith. Because. <laughs> charge extra for that. No, no. You? Deal, yeah. Watch Contrary to popular opinion, yeah. dealing with the public is not easy. Um, yeah, the public and the kitchen staff. Um, <laughs> um, Avoiding the slaps and yes. that. Yes. We're, we're dodging hands here. Yeah. Um, but um, I would say socially with people at school, with people at the restaurant, with whatever, dealing with that, everybody wants to talk about everything, which I think is a good thing. But our generation talks about everything. Well, I think that some, and I don't know, it's not to put it on another generation, but there was some stuff, like if you just blindly accept things and don't know mm-hmm. it, I think later in life you can really hit a rock bottom. So you know what, I really don't. I don't know how much intellectually I know about what yeah. I believe spiritually. Well, and Can I I'm, point out something right, right quick? You're saying that in your generation you're not accepting answers. You realize that you can look back through just recent American history, mm-hmm. the 60s when we rebelled, you know, whether it was peace, love, and war. You realize there is no generation really that has come along and just said, I accept what happened before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why you yeah. have each of these major cultural shifts, whether it's the materialism of the 80s and 90s, whether it's, you know, whatever it is that's happened, each mm-hmm. one of those generations are pushing back on something. Right. Right. Well, and it may just be this age, um, like this age group. But I think that 
at least with our generation, I've noticed we're not embarrassed about anything and everybody wants to talk about everything as far as politics, sex, um, religion, whatever. Everybody wants to know everybody's opinion. Everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to get tips and hacks. And Is this a loss of absolute truth? Is this where you're going into relativity where everybody's opinion counts? Do you see how well, that... Well, everybody wants to discuss it. This is and quickly then... becoming the wrong podcast. <laughs> oh, <I'm sorry. laughs> because <I'm sorry. laughs> we can have some apologetics podcasts and we will, we will have this same panel, but uh, I, 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 we clearly have dealt with the independent side of the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let's bridge. It's we so we have pull it back in. we burn some time. Let's pull it pull it back in. As we've looked at the the good, the bad, and the ugly, let's let's talk a little bit about one of the things that in each age discussion we've said, as tempting as it is in this phase, don't abdicate your parenthood. And so when, when the, they're toddlers and you feel like all you're doing is yelling at them and put that down, get that out of your mouth, stop hitting your sister, share the book. And it's easy to go, you know what, I'm just not going to deal and abdicate. And we've said, don't do that. Don't do that in the elementary school years. Don't do that in the high school years. I would say even though parenting looks totally different at this age, don't stop parenting. Uh, they, they, they're going to need you as a sounding board and they're going to need you to talk through things. And so I, I want us to talk a little bit about that. And, and, um, I, I want to confess for, as a parent up front that one of the dangers here is there is a innate desire to look at your children like they're still nine years old. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, why don't I get to tell him what to do? Exactly. Yeah. So stop I'm doing still that. A don't be stupid. Um, and, and when you see them stepping off the precipice edge, you because you, you know because you've lived life and you you know what what the other side of that decision, buying that car and you're going to have to have a three hundred dollar month payment. That's a bad idea. But you what you want to say is don't be stupid. Don't buy a new Lexus, you idiot. And <laughs> And so you let's talk through what, what parenting looks <laughs> like in this phase. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is totally different. I think that, um, re, okay, so our first one is 21. My next child is a senior. Um, so we've got one about to step into these years. And I've watched Ben has done, sometimes my husband has done a fantastic job. Um, there's been a couple of times uh, with Noah, as Noah was trying to make some big decisions in his life, that Ben just really climbed in there in that decision-making process with him and was just all over it. And I was the one who's kind of hanging back going, eh, let him learn, let him, you know, grow up, let him do all this kind of stuff. So I think that there are times that you really kind of get involved with that decision-making and sit down and have, you know, what we what we affectionately call a come to Jesus discussion. You yes. know? Um, we had, you know, we've had that to happen. And, and I've watched, um, I've watched Ben do that and do a, such a phenomenal job at it. Now, as a, as a, as a kid, when I was going through this age, I don't remember. I, I just don't remember. I knew what I wanted. I was very decisive. I know everybody's shocked with that. But I was, you know, I was very independent, very decisive. I knew where I was going, knew what I wanted to do. And Noah, um, while he's very opinionated, very decisive, smart kid, he didn't know it as quickly. 
And watching him do that and trying to figure out at what balance do I mm-hmm. step in, what part do I just stand and listen, it's hard. That Some of that parenting thing, I, I was like, who didn't warn me about these years? Because <laughs> I'm thinking I'm fixing to just be like, here, go have fun. Love you. We've done it all. You know, and, and it's not that easy. We, we've got you to this point. We've mm-hmm. set you up for success. Now, Sally Forth. Sally Forth. I love it. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So at this point, and there has to be a balance because I will say that my parents, and, and, and I love my parents, and I'm very close with them even now, they held the reins so tightly that I ran. Yeah. Um, a big part of the reason why I, and I say this jokingly, but there's some truth there. The reason why I joined the military was I was sick and tired of every aspect of my life being dictated by somebody, and I was going to go do what so I wanted to do. you joined the military. Yes. I, I know it seems completely <laughs> stupid. Um, but. Yeah, I, I mean, it really is. I, I was tired of people telling me what to do, so I joined the Marine Corps. Um, <laughs> so you, we, you, there has to be a balance there where you do say, all right, they, they're, they're a big boy. they they got to make their own decision, but you can you can still be, and Emily, you can speak to, I guess, if we did a good job of this <laughs> or not. Um, hey, that's probably not the best relationship or that's not the best mm-hmm. friend for you. That's going to pull you down. Or, hey, let's, let's look at a different car that doesn't. Or rules that you keep them if they're going to stay at home for a few years while attending a local college or mm-hmm. working locally and building up a savings, whatever it is that they're trying to do. What rules do you set ah, forth yeah. at this age? Mm-hmm. And know? I will say you've got to guard against being a boarding house. Yeah. I mean, that's still your home. Yeah. And, 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 and helping them to see that, you know, even if you moved out and had a roommate or lived with someone else or whatever, there's still some um, respect and kindness that you would show to anybody whom you're living with or your parents, regardless of if you're living out on your own because of protection and, you know, just some of the basic things of life that go on and helping to see that too. Mm-hmm. So, Emily, walk us through this phase of, of your life. Which part? The the parenting the, part? Yeah, the, because ultimately this podcast is supposed to be helping the parents as mm-hmm. they shepherd their kids through this part. So I guess we're asking, I'm asking you and Matt to jump in and tell us the good, the bad, and the ugly now from that child's perspective, if you will, that, that young adult looking back at, so what Oh, so I get to critique you here. We're gonna yeah. <laughs> we're gonna meet Pastor Tom's mic unless you answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's really for me. It's been really different since I have graduated and gotten a job versus in college. Um, the last year of college for me was rough because I took way too many classes and was working too much, and. Um, so that phase of my life is different than this phase. I think. Um, I think like anything, now that I'm like a more grown person, I can look back and be like, oh, that was stupid that I did. I understand why mom flipped out on me um, or whatever. But in the moment, it's like, I'm trying to be a grown up. Like, <laughs> leave me alone, right? Let me, yeah. you know, be stupid. But, you know, and, and we joke about, you know, several of the siblings being like, well, you just let me date a loser. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, and that's why, you know. Did you ever exclaim that out loud? I just want to know. We, we actually at, had, their, yeah. at their house, yes. everybody's always exclaiming everything out loud. Everything is exclaimed on a regular basis. We joke we are some, we're, we've got to be part Italian because it's just everything's up here all the time. You know, it's like, I yeah. love you so much. But Yes, our, our neighbors the definitely. In the most aggressive way yeah. ever. What is your problem? Like, um, but for me, we ha- actually, we in that line, we have a running joke now that if you tell mom and dad about who you're dating, then it's going to fail because they're going to judge you or whatever. And we actually, I ran an experiment lately. Uh-oh. Like, you know, we, dun, dun, dun. you know, you date someone for several months with it, keeping in a secret and all this stuff. It lasts for several months, whatever, that obviously it was a terrible mistake because you didn't have any other opinion but yourself. And that's always a bad plan. Um but it but seemed right at the moment. It seems right in the moment. Yes. Everybody's emotional, and he's so cute. You know, whatever. Um, and then, you know, you date someone, and you go all in and tell mom every detail. And then, like, you know, two weeks later, it's over, and everyone's Dad's like. Dad's on a background <laughs> check on him. And <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, well. Yeah. Okay, so happens. let's get specific. Uh, Where do you. so true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I went joking. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you and me. Yeah. Exactly what happened. So, crap, he's a felon. That's my bad. Like, <laughs> so real specific, where are the reins, where have the reins been in your experience? And you can kind of mm-hmm. broaden your answer, but where has it been too tight? Um, I think, I'm trying to think about how to broadly say this without being like specific instances. Um, you know, sometimes, um, I don't know. In every instance, I was in the wrong. Um, Amen. <laughs> Tom said, all right, cut. We're done. That's the only reason we had her here today. That's and, all we're right here. And that's my new ringtone. Listen, <laughs> though. Okay, so but in the moment, be like, you know, and for some, some reason, it's always when dad's out of town and mom's in charge when everything hits the fan. Um, Don't throw your mom under the bus. Oh. No, I yeah. know, but it's the extra pressure, I think. And it's the, the me thinking like, oh, well, you know, dad stays up waiting for us, so mom goes to bed at 8.30 and I'm going to come home at 1. Like, you know, come home at 2.30 in the morning and nobody cares. And then there's mom who flips out on me and for good reason because nobody needs to come home at 2.30 in the morning. Um, Nothing good happens after 12. Yeah, well, After 10. Oh, no, I get, I, you don't know my life. Okay, no. and there was an example of tight brain. Yeah. Right, now, now, as an adult, I'm too tired to be out that late. Yes. Uh, yes, real adulting is if somebody were to walk in the room and say, you know what, go to your room and think about what you've done. I'm like, in, I'm in. Thank goodness. Can, can, I, can I do that? Thank you, for, thank you for letting me leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, um, they have not had very tight reins for me because I am one of these people that I'm opinionated and I work hard, but I'm also a little bit of a people pleaser, especially for dad. Like I finished college early because I wanted them to think that I was capable, you know, and like, I already think you're spectacular. You didn't have anything to prove, but but nobody ever thinks that. So for me, I want to, (laughs) I want to, um, and this is, you know, we're not to get into sin tendencies, but I, I want to be the person who's fully capable and fully there and fully able to do the right thing and be self-sufficient. And so I think because I am that way, you know, and I also cry at the drop of a hat when someone's mad at me. So the, the, the reining in was not difficult on my end. 
Okay, um, so what I'm hearing is you might need to tighten up a little bit, Tom. You can get her out of the house. Apparently. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> apparently. I, That's what it's going to take. I would really you be could... impressed with you, Emily, if you could get your own home. <laughs> Listen, okay? You would be so sad. He lives at home, too. This boy never gets any flack. Um, so she didn't run away and join the Marine Corps? No. Look. You would be so sad if I moved out. <laughs> I would be, Emily. Uh, <laughs> at least for five minutes. <laughs> at least for five minutes. I, at this point, I pay for my phone, my insurance, all this stuff. And, and, uh, and they're very proud of you in that. Matt, do you have anything with the... It's... Your dad let you run rampant, too. Yeah, so. my, my dad... Because, like I said, it was a point where it was just me and my dad at home. Like, my mom wasn't there. And and it was just me. My brother had either moved out, and sometimes my brother was there, but he's three years older than me, so I'm not I'm definitely not listening to what he's telling me what to do. <laughs> uh, so I stopped doing that a long time ago. Hint of the brother relationship, yeah, yeah. yes. If Mason, if you're listening, boom rusted. Um, <laughs> so, but my dad, it was a point where, like, my dad was working nights and working, you know, eight, 12, eight or 12-hour 12 shifts at the hospital, and so... Again, when I'm at when when he's at home, I'm out. I'm at school. I'm working or whatever. And then when I'm out doing you know whatever, nobody nobody's at home. And so I kind of had free range to do what I wanted to when I wanted to. And my mom was two hours away. My thing with her, which if she's listening, tough. Those from t- from two hours away. Let me just say, and this could probably be practically applied. Not a lot of parenting happening yeah, for yeah. Practically speaking. If you if your kid is that far away in terms of maybe they're at college or whatever, it's tough to hold the range really tight. Like that's just yeah. the distance that makes it really tough. And yes, Mom, at least I'm at home from, <laughs> from the well, kid standpoint, yeah. that makes it miserable because I'm I'm not at home. And it it mm-hmm. I guess and I I understand why you would want it tight because emotionally. That's that sucks that they're not there anymore. It's tough because you don't know what they're doing. You're worrying stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but at that point, you better trust a God, and secondly, you better trust your parents that you've prepared them for this. That you've prepared them for what happens, and they're going to fail. They're going to come back and say, "Mom, I don't know what I'm doing. Dad, I I, I need you, man. Like, can you can you just meet me? Can you come down? Like, those moments are more than likely going to happen. Um, but it was the flip side for me. It was like two. My mom's two hours away, and the reins were like super tight. And it was like you have like th- something about this isn't 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 right isn't working and and so it's i've kind of seen i want to say the bad side my parents were both good parents but like when it came to this time it was i really had to fail a lot because i had so much freedom i had to do the wrong thing a lot of times to figure out okay this is not working Mm-hmm. Within my job, at stu- within what I was doing student ministry wise, okay, showing at, at eighteen, nineteen, showing up and doing and pre- preparing your message at four thirty on Wednesday. Guess what? It's not going to work out really well when you start at six. Like let me just tell you, it doesn't work. It like it, it never it's, works. that's that's never works. that's never. that doesn't that does not work. Mm-mm. If you're if you're you know at your job, if you if, if you've got a deadline and you and it's Friday and you start your work at yeah, Thursday at four thirty, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Like and, and so I had to fail and be made looks. It had to I had to be made to look stupid and dumb because that's how. Like that's how my pride was broken down. I had to fail a few times to figure in terms of the real world mm-hmm. to figure out, okay, I need a lot more structure than what I've got right now. I need the calendar. I need a So you wanted your parents to did you want your parents to help develop that during that time? No. I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have. And I don't know if that so was like resentment four years or, ago at twenty. How do you see that happening? Does it just have to play out in their job and college and whatever it is that they're doing at that time? I think a little bit of failure is is something I would want anybody to fail. But I think, again, 
it's not the a little bit of there to have the realization of you don't have it all figured out and you've got to go back to the drawing board to see what works for you the structure you need in your life how much structure to find how well you can operate in the world i think that i think each individual has to find that out because it, it, to me at least that point if my parent is continuing and i said this last week if you're continuing to shield me from every punch that's coming my way then when i'm when i ha- when i'm faced with no other choice to roll with the punches i'm not going to be able to roll with them and so I had to get punched a few times to figure out okay hey this is how life works this is the structure that you need and so now you can roll with the punches when things get rough so when you failed a college class yeah when I failed a when I failed college classes for it like um our our kids have to pay their way through college we did not have the financial means to provide a home and to provide uh, college I worked my way through college I made it all the way through paid for Mm -hmm. it um, well, I got I got really a lucky. A little bit of help from my parents. So they would help with books occasionally and things like that. But the majority of it was paid for out of my job. I got really you lucky. Know. I didn't. I'm about to. I graduate with my, with my degree next spring, and I did not do that traditionally. There were multiple breaks in between. I went mm-hmm. to JUCO in between. It was. It, it's. It's been a process because there was so little structure. In I dropped my, out at one point. And went back. There was yeah. so much. There was so little structure in my life in terms of how I was going in my day to day. I was felt. I mean, there's 24 hours a day, and I felt like I was getting nothing done. Because I wasn't doing anything. Um, yeah, if you don't do anything, it's yeah. I mean, you're really like not it's, it's and I felt like I just did. I did. I just was really struggling with, with what to do and and things like that. And uh, so my first my first semester, my after my second semester at JSU, and I got put on academic probation. It was like, all right, I gotta. I, I gotta go back to the drawing board. And so I uh, I didn't I didn't I failed. I wasn't kicked out. I just, I was put on probation. I withdrew, took a year off to figure out what I, or it actually took, yeah, I took a, a year off to figure out what in the world am I going to do next? Yeah. And I started praying and that's when, you know, God really worked in my heart through ministry. And then, you know what? And it was part of uh, probably eating a little bit of humble pie. I went to Juco for two years at 20 years old. Went to JUCO, and, and you know what? It is what it is. It was, I, you know, what I found out I was really lucky. Had a lot of had uh, via uh, a, a college fund my grandparents had started, and and uh, federal financial aid. I got paid to go to JUCO. Like I'm, I, I got money each semester, like a cash to yeah to my name <laughs> in, in junior college to go to junior college, and it was fairly easy. It, it, I got a little bit of taste of the of the freedom that I have, and this is what I have to get done. Still within the structure of I'm still at home, I'm still comfortable. And then now, as I got into working a full time job in the last year, have been attending a four year university online and getting all my stuff done, and have been really doing really well. I ended up having to fail a little bit in order to set myself up for success. So both of you paid for a lot of your schooling, right? It, I yeah, did. The I government did. did or I, got, I guess I got really lucky with a, a college fund, the PACS fund in the state that my grandparents paid into. I got so really lucky to have that. So are you glad you had to work for that? Then no. Now yes. Because I, about you, Emily? I am. Yeah. I, well, they have had us buy all of our cars. And as you know, I, I wreck things. So I have bought multiple cars. And phones. Uh, and phones. <laughs> all the phones. All, um, the, all the phones. All the phones. Yes. Laptops. Yeah. Um, and and um, I, I worked through college um, too much. And so I have, I have a little bit of student debt, but not much. Um, and so I actually appreciated it because, to me, the kids at um, college that's like, yeah, well, my, my parents say my job is to go to college. It's like, well, what are you doing all day? Like, how do you have a C right now? Like, you know, like, I've appreciated the character building, the, you know, 
it forced me to have a work ethic because if you want to pass this class, you have to put in the hours while dead tired and while being like, okay, well, I've got to hit it because I, I have to be at work in an hour and go and deal with people all day and then come home and study and whatever. So you think that was real growth for you? It was. To me, I have always, I like, I've worked since I was, I don't know, I, I babysat like three days a week in Turkey. So like since I was like 14, I've always had a job and I have appreciated it. One, because I'm a people person and, and two, because, you know, it gives you the opportunity to learn how to manage money and how to manage your time. And it just teaches you a lot about yourself as far as from a younger age, how to. So I like grew up with um, the ability to kind of trial and error with money and with responsibility while I still had that guidance and while I still had, you know, um, and I'm not a big spender anyway, but mom being like, you know, you can't buy all these snacks on your way to work and still have money for gas yes. uh, because I can't pay for it. Um, little, little snacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but I like snacks. <laughs> and she'll be like, eat at work. It's free. Like, yes. uh, yeah. That was a scary <laughs> Ann impression. Yeah. <laughs> that, was just, that was scary. So what about you, Matt? What do you think helped grow your character in some of that? So, what struggles? I mean, again, the... I felt like I had, and I didn't want helicopter parents. And I feel like, again, from someone who's two hours away telling me what I can and can't do and stuff like that. And I was a typical. Well, I don't know if it's a typical. Oh, so easily. Yeah. yeah. You're like, sure, mom. Yeah. yeah. I wish I'm at home. Mom. I, wish yes, that I, I, I don't know if it's just the guy me, or, or I guess just my, probably just the sin in me. If you tell me I can't do something, guess what? Yeah, good luck with that. I hope yeah. you at least you know, lie about uh, it. Because like, <laughs> so, then you're stupid. If so you're like, thinking, mom, I'm at a party, huh? Like, thinking that I had it all worked out and then seeing it played out in my life that I've really essentially had nothing worked out like that I had nothing I didn't have a I didn't have a ton going for me uh, the mm-hmm. things that I put that would have had great potential in my life I was phoning it in stuff like that um I, I thought about who I was disappointing I, I thought about yeah, I'm disappointing my mom and my dad. I'm disappointing the people that I work for. I'm disappo- I'm disappointing my grandparents whom I love and stuff like that. And so then I was, and then at the, in the time of, and, and during all that, I'm, I'm dating Jesse. Um, and, and I'm, and so I was, I was disappointed. I was like, I don't want to be disappointing to her. Like I don't, it was, it was figuring out again. I had to kind of be broken down a little bit. Like a lot of Matt had to get chipped a away. A lot of Matt had to get yeah. chipped away to figure out, you know, and now there's still days and weeks where, like, coming back from COVID, from coronavirus, it was like, all right, this has been, man, this has been kind of fun, you know? And it's, you know, like, not people getting sick and dying, but like, man, you know, sitting at home is not that bad. This is kind of a good, it's kind of a good gig, you know? Like, we're, I, mean, I would love to be doing stuff, but we're not. We can't. They say we can't. And, but now, and so getting that, that swing there that first two weeks was like, well, all right, um, this is what you got to do okay, all the time again. And, and so, but then you have weeks like this where, like, or like, or like last week where, you know, I had to preach. We had the ladies tea, and it's like, all right, we're just going to roll with the punches and keep doing what we're doing. Am I tired? Am I sleepy? Absolutely. But we're just going to keep rolling with it, you know? Um, and so stuff like that. And I, and I know, again, I'm, I'm not complaining about full-time ministry, but, like, because Thomas said it before, I, I'm super lucky to be able to get them just to get paid to to, do what, to minister to, to God's people, to like to yeah. do what God's called us, yeah. each of us to do anyways. Um, and so, but I think it, the principles of when it gets tough, you've ha- you have to keep going. You can't quit. You can't roll over. You've got to be able to roll with the punches. When you get mm-hmm. hit, you've got to get, you've got to get back up. 
all the and all even the, when you're tired, you still have to adult. Yeah, yeah like all the all the responsibility is a great teacher. All the yeah. all the weird, crazy, out there cliches. Having to learn all of those in a tough way again was hard. It was difficult. I, I nobody enjoys that. Nobody enjoys those times. Nobody enjoys getting Look, punched in, in the mouth. Look, in our adult women's Bible study, there's still we still have the discussion of like when do you learn the most? When is God teaching you the most? And it's through discomfort and pain. Yeah, I mean, like you that's. Know, the whole, you know, uh, how a diamond's refined kind of thing, heat and pressure. Like that, I mean, that whole, again, cliche illustration kind of thing. Figuring out what God was doing in my life while going through tough times, both like, you know, things were tumultuous in all areas of my life, family, all that stuff was really tough. But now seeing a how the tumult, how the how the tough times can be used for me to minister to students and individuals now that and that alone to me will be worth it to know how to I, you know in this I have no problem saying this my parent I get my parents are divorced uh, my dad's parents were both his parents were divorced my mom's parents divorced and I'm I am bound and determined and for lack of a better term hell bent on saying Jesse I love you so much and you may hate my guts one day but we're not gonna, we're not it's not happening. <laughs> It is not happening, dadgummit. It's not happening. It's, and I say that jokingly, but developing those standards in my life and for my family one day mm-hmm. that are going to be these standards in our it's house. Going to be tough. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be hard. And these are things that we're going to surround ourselves around and root ourselves in. A being the Word of God and and family worship and family discipleship and things like that. I feel like if I'd had a lot more of that, and it's not because my parents didn't do it, but like there was just so much that happened in the last year of high school to the first year of college where my parents separated and divorced, and it's bad and it's ugly and it's terrible. I had to learn. I learned. I had to learn how to get rocked to my core to figure out. Okay, this is who God is shaping you to be, and this is how you've got to follow that. And, and so, doing my own thing for so long was really tough. And for me, that's so far in just 24 years. That's been the biggest space where I felt like God stretched me and grew me and refined me to now see, or at least feel, in this season or time, know what God's got for my life, and, I, and and try to to do my best to pursue that day in and day out. And it's still. Tough. There's still really hard days. There's still seasons where, you know, I just want to lay in bed or I just want to go do this or I just want to drive around or I just want to go do this, but I can't. And the reality is I look at what God's called me to do. If God wanted it different, it would be. I need to do what God's called me to do. I need to be where God's called me to be. And, and I need to rest in the fact that he knows what he's doing. I'm at where he says I need to be. And I need to find joy in that. And even if sometimes as as that's not what I feel, that's not what I, well, my feelings are going to lie to me. Yeah. And I, but so I need to know what truth is. I need to know what that truth is so that I can say to myself, this is truth. This is not, this is truth, the truth over feelings kind of thing and, and keep rolling with the punches. And then there's some times where it's like, you know what, this is, I would not want to be anywhere else. A lot of these things that you're talking about are true all through adulthood. But, but, but I'm thinking, again, like having to learn that, like having yeah, to, those, yeah. and, and as a as a 15 year old and as a sophomore, man, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, and, and some people, and age, some people so, might like, emotionally vulnerable. Like you have to learn in this age, and really before this age, you know, don't listen. Like your feelings are irrelevant. You know, girl, get up, do what you need to do. It's whatever. Like nobody cares suck it up and do it. Like, just do what you have to do and do the right thing and look at what is real because in relationships or with a job or whatever, you're going to feel different ways and you're going to, depending on, you know, when you've eaten or, you know, 
whenever it is in your life, you're going to feel different ways. But at the end of the day, you have to look at what reality is and what's really going on. And you have to just pick up and do it. And we joke all the time, you know, life is hard, but it teaches you everything. And we joke all the time, me and Matt, just like, you know, we love trauma makes you hilarious. Like, you know, <laughs> I, um, I, I, I am one that will, uh, about my, my mom leaving, I will, I will be the first person to make that joke. The comedy is, ha- is my coping mechanism. Me too. It's like, my really? coping mechanism. It, that's so all, all the guys, if it doesn't like, kill you, it makes you stronger. If, yeah. if it doesn't the, kill you, it yeah. makes you hilarious. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Wow. It's a situation by situation kind of thing. And I also yeah. speak the things you learn the hard way. That's one of them. <laughs> you can't make that joke everywhere. You really <laughs> Not can't. Everywhere you go. No, you can't no, make no. that joke everywhere. I will say, as a group of people, we we all stick our foot in our mouths too much over here. Like, <laughs> all right. So, uh, back to, to parenting. Th- th- this has been really hard to keep it on this this particular podcast on the tracks. I blame it on Matt. Um, so Matt? we've got we've got you you have you are even though it looks different you have to keep parenting and one of the things that we did say over and over and over again in each phase of a child's life the the number one thing to really think about that you have to give that child is time and in this phase of life it's no different that what where you can have an impact is because you're not laying down the law you're not setting the rules where you can have an impact in your child's life here is time. And so um, making much of Jesus as, you, as you, you're with them and, and shepherding them is, is still a real aspect of it. So, so we're, we're, this is buttoning up because once the kid gets past this point, it's really none of your business. So um, <laughs> I, I hope that the, our, our, the, the parent parenting, the, the child-rearing stuff has been helpful. Uh, we are going to start next week. Uh, next week's podcast, we're going to begin a series to take us through, really through Christmas, that will be um, marriage. And so I look forward to, uh, to doing that. And uh, so go serve your king. This has been Not Another Church Podcast with your host, Pastor Tom. Thanks for listening and go serve your king.